Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Um, sweet stash you got there, bro. Oh, thank you. It's Movember, and this year I did not grow a stash for the purpose of raising funds. This year, I'm growing a mustache in support of my fellow Mo Bros. Namely, uh, our sister station, Dave Rocks, 107.5, is doing a Movember campaign with Waterloo Brewing. Great beer, by the way. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try out the new Twitter feature, which I think is stupid. It's really just blending Twitter and Instagram together, and I don't think anybody asked for that. <laughs> but I'm going to try out Fleets, which are the new Instagram story-style mm-hmm. tweets that you can send out on Twitter that are gone after 24 hours. So I'll, I'll put the mustache up there, and then I will link to how you can support Movember through Waterloo Brewing and Dave Rocks. Sound good? This that, mustache is fucking that, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's that all sounds great. I think you should do it. And on the note about the fleets and the changes and the things, look, mm. I uh, it's an option. So you can use it or not use it. I personally probably won't use it very often, if at all. I did it this morning just to test it out and also to note how much like Instagram it is. But why, when they make changes, do they not listen to the people? Everybody who uses Twitter will tell you they wish for an edit button. Why is there? Why can't I not edit my tweet? Why do I have to wait until it's got already so many, so much action? Right? It's got. Oh man, I got fifty, you know, replies and and a bunch of retweets and likes, but I can't go back and edit it. I can't edit it because I just noticed a mistake in it, or I would like to add to it. Instead, they added more recently the thread, which, ugh, like I'd rather just just give me an edit button. Just give me an edit button. You're not wrong. I mean, there's a lot of improvements Twitter could make. I think the reason I don't love this fleets thing is because it's one more thing to track. I didn't like it when Instagram introduced the story either because I liked just swiping through and getting caught up on whatever it was I wanted to get caught up on. Having to swipe across left to right in addition to up and down, that just created a new layer of shit that I have to do. (laughs) And same with Twitter. Now, I don't know. Am I reading through tweets or am I watching stories on there? Because well, I really don't want to do the stories thing. I'd rather just see the tweets. It's totally up to you for sure. I mean, you don't have to look at it. I personally, I wasn't sure what to think about Instagram stories at first. But I, for myself personally, from my account, um, Cat on Air, by the way, on Twitter, Cat with a K, or on Instagram, I'm sorry, and Scott Fox on Air. Um, if you want to follow us, but I use my story way more than I post. I post like now and again, and I do my best to try to remember to post because I use my story so often because I actually really like the way that that's set up on Instagram. I enjoy it. Facebook, not so much. I don't really use much of anything on Facebook unless it's um, in the mornings. When we're doing our morning radio show. It's what we're talking about that day. Basically the top couple stories. I'll post about it. Maybe every now and again, some personal stuff, but mainly I use Instagram and I don't mind the stories, but you can see from the marketing perspective from all of these places why they're doing what they're doing i mean instagram's trying to be more like tiktok because they've got the reels on there and now twitter's trying to be more like instagram and they've got the fleets aka stories on there and facebook just kind of follows suit apparently linkedin has added something like that Ugh. but anyway it is it is not fun to try to keep up with all of it but you can pick and choose what you like and maybe some people will really enjoy this i don't know Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I don't think it's for me, but I'll give it a whirl today and it'll be for a good cause. And if you don't like it, well, you can ignore that, too. There you go. Um, Let's see here. There's a bunch of things we want to get to. I want to start off by reading a DM based on yesterday's podcast. 
I got a note here from Samantha. Scott, I was listening to After 9 this morning about toilet seats. In our house, we all put the lid down. Then, when a female goes to the washroom, she has to put the lid up and down. When a male goes, he has to put the lid and seat up and down. It makes it more equal in our household. Samantha, that clearly began with an incident, which I would love to hear more about, and required a lot of negotiation and calculation to make that work in your household. Yeah, that I'm is... I'm thinking Samantha got a wet butt at some point and finally said, listen here, fucker, we're going to fix this problem right now. That seems like a lot of work. Of course you would say it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's not a lot of work to put the goddamn toilet seat down for guys or girls. Yeah, I okay, yeah, I agree. But you're talking about she she has puts it up afterwards too? So what she'll do is she'll use the bathroom, she'll stand up, She'll put the toilet seat up and put it back down. And when he goes, he'll put the toilet seat down and then back up. Or no, he'll put it up and then back down. I just, I'm, it's a little, that's a little confusing to me. Think of what it'll do for your cardio, though. All that lifting. It's oh, a lot. Be great. It's a lot. Just, just <laughs> well, leave it down all the way. Then, then nobody really wins anyway, right? We all need to pee inside the toilet or do whatever our business is inside the toilet. Nobody can do it with the lid on. So why don't we just, even across the board, when you're done with it, you put the lid completely down. That's fair for everybody. Everybody has to do it. Everybody so you mean has the to seat do something. And the lid. Yes, do it all. Everything goes down. Right. And there, that way, everybody, it's all fair for everyone. Put it all down. Down, 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 down. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a fine compromise as well. That can also be done. By the way, you were predicting a lot of guys would message me and say, oh, Scott, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. Surprisingly, not many people disagreed. A lot of guys kind of see it from my perspective here. How hard is it? If it's up, put it down. If it's down and you need it up, put it up. Guys have been shouldering this burden in relationships since the invention of the toilet by Thomas Crapper. And fi- that was his name, by the way, the guy who no invented joke. the toilet. Yeah, That's no legit. Joke. Yeah. Guys have been shouldering this burden for so long that it's time that, ladies, you joined in the lift. You've got to help out and, and toe the line a little bit here, I too. I say everything down. I'm team everything down after you're done. Girls and boys, girls and boys, whatever parts you have, everything down. I'm just so used to it. I live alone, and I do make an effort when my girlfriend's coming over to not only make sure that all the toilet seats are down, but also to make sure that all the toilets are clean. And that's a thing mm-hmm. that seems to escape guys on a regular basis. You can be that guy who always remembers to make sure the seat's down. But is the toilet even clean? Because that's just as bad for pissing your partner off. Clean it. Clean it. Actually, I love the smell of cleaners. And it wasn't even the pandemic. I've always loved it. If I walk into a bathroom and I can tell this has recently been cleaned, I'm a happy guy. Real happy. Yep. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing while we're in the bathroom here, and I didn't go looking for this. It was sent to me this morning. It is a news release about a new survey. The survey asked one of the world's most important questions. After you've created one of your little underwater sculptures in the toilet... Do you brag about it? There's some people who can be particularly proud of the shit that they take. Some people will stand up, turn around, look down, and say, wow, 
I can't believe that came out of me. 56% of people that do talk about it will immediately tell a family member, you should see the fucking load I just dropped. Wow. What? 22% will tell a friend. I'm so grossed out. One in five are likely to call their doctor because they may be worried something is going on. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine today's day and age, too? They, they wouldn't ask you to come in because they won't ask you to come in for a lot of things. But it's mm-hmm. more of a, you don't send a photo, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, by the way, is part of the survey that they titled The State of Poop in America. It was a banner year for them, calling the year a total shit show, and that's why they decided to do this. Huh. Huh. Okay. Um. Okay. It's done by uh, Pendulum Therapeutics. Okay. It's a probiotics company, in case you're wondering. Of course. And probiotics um, are essential for a healthy bathroom schedule. On the notes of the bathroom and the doctors, yesterday in the podcast, too, I wanted to read this DM really quickly, too, because we were talking about doctors. We were mm-hmm. talking about um, offices accepting patients or not accepting patients. Um, just got a note from Crystal. Crystal says, I work at the doctor's office. We do most appointments right now by phone or video conference. We are open two days a week. For in-office appointments, that's for lumps, for rashes, and post-hospital visits, babies, vaccines. That's it. So thank you for clarifying. And I think most places, I know my my office is very similar, Crystal, um, to your office, where that's pretty much what they accept you for. And there's a sign right right on it. Like Tuesdays, Thursdays, those are the only appointment dates you're going to get. Book accordingly. You can't just walk in, obviously. And these days here are set for other issues and other things so thanks but can i ask a follow-up there of crystal uh, hopefully she's listening today and could uh, just reply to cat and let us know what does the doctor do the rest of the time and why is a doctor not seeing patients the other three days a week if I, they typically have a five day a week schedule why are they down to two for in-person visits well the uh yeah in office appointments two days a week i assume the other three days scott will be mostly that online stuff will be those zooms and will be um uh, other things there's a lot of doctors that will that do multiple that help at the hospital too maybe i think they do that less though because of covid because they worry about spread so there's less doctors going to a hospital for example but i i believe that most of the time they're doing consults from from a distance um otherwise yeah, two days a week for in-office appointments for lumps, rashes, post-hospital visits, babies, and vaccines. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just one office, though. So I'm not sure about everyone, but maybe Crystal can clarify that or if she knows of other offices doing other things. All right. Thank you, Crystal. We appreciate you taking the time. Pepsi has announced they're coming out with a new flavor for the holidays. Uh-huh. Apple pie Pepsi. Oh, why? Mm. <sighs> um, I don't think we need to discuss this, do we? I think we all understand this is fucking dumb. Okay, much like fleets, it's an option. Let's move the fuck along. Uh Uh-huh. What is your go-to when you order in? Oh, my go-to when I order in. Um, Lately, I well, lately, by the way, I've just been trying to focus on local restaurants and supporting them. Um, And usually I'll do like uh, a steakhouse lately, actually. The last couple I've done, Lancaster Smokehouse and I did a keg for, for our anniversary. Those are the last two things I ordered in. Really? Yeah. Now, this was just for you and your husband, right? I assume the girls don't get steak at the keg or anything No, they like won't that. get steak, but I would order other things for them. I would order other things that they would eat. Interesting. Okay. All right. Wow. I wasn't expecting Sometimes, that. I mean, sure, we'll do our, the pizza thing every now and again. But lately, I've just we've been trying to broaden our horizons a little bit. That's just huh. us. 
They say the more popular standout chain restaurants are the ones that are thriving right now, as more and more people do take the advice of public health and try and limit the amount of trips out of the house, whether it be to dine in or or pick up. They're ordering delivery and they're ordering from the names they know. And that's particularly frustrating for those mom and pop shops, which are great restaurants. And you might go to if the restaurant was open or could have more than 10 people inside it. But when you open up that app, the big chains always come up first. And that's the ones that people are going to. Everything from McDonald's to Montana's to the keg, I suppose. Well, I, I don't know if the keg is actually on those delivery services. I'm not sure they? they are either. I did a separate pickup, honestly, so I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of the uh, those big chain restaurants. You know what, though? I mean, here's an idea, everybody, because we're getting closer and closer to a lockdown type scenario. That seems to be what everybody is talking about. If you get a chance to support a mom and pop shop... Well, I fully agree that the pizza at Pizza Pizza may be just fine. You can get some real gems if you just try out one of those mom and pop shops. Mm-hmm. One of those ones that's not part of a big chain and they are dying for business. And if we don't give them business, they're not going to be reopening in the new year. So if you can, on those apps for delivery, you can even use promo code Scott Cat. On DoorDash, I believe that one is still active. It gets you 25% off your first order and free delivery. Try out one of the mom-and-pop shops, yeah. not one of the big chains. They're doing just fine, according to all the research that we're reading. So try and shop local and support local. That would be great. I just had uh, – I'd never ordered it before, but have you had Firehouse Subs? Um, yeah, a long time ago, yeah. So, hey, listen. I'm going to do a little mention for these guys. Those sandwiches are fucking great. You know, I thought that when it came to subs, I used to eat a sub all the time. Um, and it was usually Subway. Before that, it was Mr. Sub. And I didn't really think that we were improving on what was already there until I tried this. Holy shit, it was good. That's a lot of fucking food, though. If you order a large, which I think most people would be inclined to do... That's a big sandwich. You might as well plan on lunch tomorrow because you're only going to be able to eat half of it for dinner. It's massive. So good on them. Oh, and their chili's good. I love good chili. And when you find a restaurant that has good chili, you support that restaurant. No, the Firehouse Chili is really, really good. Um, It's Movember, like we said at the beginning of the podcast. Only 5% of women say they will not date a guy with facial hair. Okay, Is that so really no- a deal breaker for a lot of women? Because wow. like, even I was watching The Bachelorette last night and, and half the guys have got facial hair and half of them are clean shaven. Are there really women out there who say, Mm-mm, if he's got a beard, fuck that. Mustache, <laughs> no way. I guess so. I, I didn't. I, I mean, that's a that's pretty hard. You have to be pretty hardcore anti facial hair in order to say point blank without even knowing who the person might be, even if it could be your the love of your life. No, you got a beard. Forget it. To, to say that, I mean, it, it, I guess only 5% is only 5%, but it's still kind of surprising that they wouldn't even be open to it. 86% of women say they like facial hair because it makes a guy look more masculine and mature. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that would deny that. That's also not to say, though, that you don't look masculine or mature clean shaven. Either or, right? And masculinity is also kind of the way you present yourself. Uh, last night, I hate to go back to the Bachelorette again, but that was part of the the object of the challenge. Last night was 
She was looking for a real man. Yeah. And the first thing they did was test their math skills and spelling skills. Yes. Okay. It's not all about how much you can lift or how much you know about fixing an engine. Let's do some fucking math and spelling. One guy, by the way, who went to Harvard, I forget his name. Bennett. Spell limousine. Bennett. 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 Bennett is charming. Listen, though. Bennett is charming as fuck. So he got away with it. And he ended up winning. He ended up winning the whole thing. Even though he he proved to be very dumb in a competition where you think he would thrive because he kept talking about how, how he went to Harvard. I uh, I was very surprised that a Harvard grad could not do basic math or spelling. Yeah. He spelled three words wrong and got all three of the math questions that we saw on TV wrong. How is that even possible when you went to Harvard? <laughs> so, um, a little bit of um, nervousness, some anxiety maybe. I'm not really sure. But it's funny in the background of those, I was watching really hardcore Bachelor and Bachelorette fans. I love them because they'll tweet out in the moment stuff that's happening that you don't really catch but they'll catch it for you and one of them was the 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 guy that ended up losing the whole competition it seems like they didn't really want to want to like center in on him but he was he spelled limousine real wrong like Mm -hmm. someone zoomed in on how he spelled limousine and that by the way was just an example of what scott was talking about they asked some questions about math and spelling so they asked how to spell limousine. And I think it's the U that throws people off mostly. But the guy had it like limousine. And it was like two U's. So he knew there was a U in there. But just to like overcompensate, he put in like an extra. <laughs> just I don't know case. where the U goes. So I'll throw in so two dumb. of them. But anyway, I, uh, how do you feel about that, though, in general as a, con- as a contest? It was a, are you a real man? Let's have a contest about it. Let's test your mental. Let's test your physical. And let's test your, like, romantic ability. Like, how do you feel about stuff like that? Do you care? Um, not really. But I can also appreciate how different The Bachelorette is from The Bachelor. I don't know. If they'd done a competition on uh, The Bachelor with all those women trying to win over a guy, and they said, let's test to see if you're a real woman. And then they stuck him in the kitchen and said, go ahead and eat dinner. (laughs) You know, like that too would probably be wildly offensive to a lot of people. But uh, in this case, I'm glad that they're not just considering masculinity, how much you know about cars or, like I said, how much you can lift. The fact that they're testing your brains too. Okay, that's great. Now sit them down and let's have a civilized conversation about politics and see how long it takes you to get fired up and start calling somebody a snowflake or an asshole or something. (laughs) Let's have that one too because that has a lot to do with your masculinity, how you conduct yourself in a civilized conversation. Let's, uh, Let's tell you you're going to a function and let you pick out your own outfit and see if you can come up with something appropriate. Oh, and see how long it takes you to get ready. That could be a red flag for some people. Those kind of tests would be great. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that would go into the overall calculation of masculinity. The traditional definition, that's out. I mean, all bets are off in in 2020, and I'm here for it because some of those traditionally defined gender roles were stupid. Listen, nobody in 2020 is expecting you to be able to go out and hunt to bring home dinner for your family. But that used to be a typical trait of masculinity. Now, it has just as much to do with how smart you are, what your temperament's like, and things like that. So, I think they kind of dipped their toe in the water Mm -hmm. of breaking a few barriers there. I don't think they went all the way. The wrestling match seemed a little unnecessary. I mean, I'd be out on that. But nonetheless, it was okay. 
By the way, this season of The Bachelorette is so much better now that they got rid of Claire. Don't bring up her name. <laughs> Seriously. What a pain in the ass. I am so much happier now that it, it's Tasha, right, is her name? Tasha, yeah. She's Yeah, she's awesome. great. She's great. Sure. What a great personality. Hey, uh, we've talked before about some of those life hacks that people come up with. Little things like, hey, here's how to get more more liquid in your drink at McDonald's or Starbucks. And, right. Uh, here's how to do this and, and get it for free. Mm-hmm. Spirit Airlines has actually banned a, a, a flyer because he posted a video on TikTok of how you could get a free carry-on bag. And it was fairly simple. He just sort of alters his digital boarding pass. You can type in those, by the way. You just screenshot it and then use a little editing software. So it says one carry-on instead of zero on your digital ticket. Spirit saw this and thought, this fucker's giving away all our secrets. Ban him. He never actually did it, though. Can you ban somebody for sharing one of those hacks if they didn't actually do it? Oh, I mean, no, especially for this. Okay, so so at the end of the day, if this hack goes through and this guy had even used it, which you said he didn't. He says he what, didn't. What are they down? What are they out? Yeah, I don't think they should be allowed to charge you for a carry-on anyway. But but even if it's like, so let's say it's 50 bucks, because that, that seems to be the norm from what I remember the last time I was flying. <laughs> it's been a long time now. Been a minute, yeah. It's been a minute, but it was like 50 bucks, let's say. Kate, but the person's still buying the airline ticket, so you're banning them from buying a ticket because you want to make sure that they don't take your $50, basically. That doesn't seem to make any sense. Well, here it is. Spirit Airlines added me to the do not fly list because of my recent TikTok. Looks like I could beg for forgiveness after two years. Bunch of babies. Hmm. How is that a punishment? How is that a proper punishment? And you're worried about other people doing it. Look, you should be more worried about the fact that nobody's buying tickets to your fucking airline right now. True. Although a lot more people in America are flying than are here in Canada. Here our airlines are in a lot of trouble. Down there, they're not great, but at least there's passengers going. They're Mm. at least somewhat close to the way air travel levels used to be pre-pandemic. Okay. Nonetheless, though, I mean, if I'm the CEO at Starbucks and I see some asshole with over a million followers on TikTok showing people how to circumvent my system and scam a set of money, yeah, I might want to ban that guy from my properties, too. I don't know. If it's not that bad and they're not doing anything wrong, I would say just leave it. You know, it's better that they come to you and your chain than another chain. You know, if someone sees that on TikTok, for example, let's say let's use Starbucks as an example, because a lot of those will pop up. Oh, guys, here's a hack, right? It'll save you 60 cents on your on your frappe when you do it this way and you order it that way. No ice on the ice on the side, whatever the case is. If I'm Starbucks, I'm going, yeah, fucking right. Share with the world. Share the, you, you go ahead and save your 60 cents, but I'll take my $4 and 20 cents. Thanks. It's just such a backward philosophy. If you look at some of the big tech companies, you get somebody like Google or Facebook, Microsoft. If a hacker can figure out how to hack into their system, not only will the company thank them, they'll pay them. Oh, thank you for exposing that security flaw. We appreciate it. Here's 20 grand. Thanks for your time. That's the exact opposite of what Spirit's doing. No, 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 no. Don't tell anybody about our our vulnerabilities. Fuck you. You're banned. You can't fly anymore. It almost is a backwards philosophy if you think about it. Maybe Spirit should have gone to this guy and said, huh, didn't know you could do that. Thank you. Okay, here's a year's worth of free flights. We're going to correct that little loophole and you, because you exposed it, 
are going to get rewarded, yeah. not scolded. Yeah. Yeah. I not just, a bad I, idea anyway. Yeah, sure. Here he is for the year 2020, people's sexiest man alive. <laughs> Michael B. That's your trophy. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Well done. He's sexy. He's alive. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is the sexiest man alive. Agree or disagree? No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. I know. There's, we, this isn't a yes or a no, right or go. wrong answer. You know, um, Michael B. Jordan, not a bad selection. And this is just very, uh, okay, I, I think, uh, I don't like the sexiest man alive, sexiest woman alive thing. I never have. And here's why. For those that don't know, when you are given that title, I shouldn't even say when you're given, when you approve to have this title be held upon you, you it comes with a list of things that you must do. Uh, so I'm from People Magazine. I say, guess what, Michael B. Jordan? You are the sexiest man alive. But we asked five other people before you. That's probably what happened. But you can be the sexiest man alive. You just have to be a part of our article. We have to do a photo shoot that belongs to us, basically. We have to do an article on you. And then you will have said title. You'll be everywhere. It's great for you. It's good for us. Let's do this. It's a kind of a transaction, like a business deal, which I hate about it. And for those who don't know, because maybe you're wondering, oh, well, this person's hot. Well, how come this person? didn't get it how come that person didn't get it most of the time it's because they said no and maybe there's reasons for it they don't want that attention they don't want that title uh they don't want to do an article they don't want to do a photo shoot right now there could be a list of reasons why they don't want to do it but people magazine needs you to comply with all of these things in order for you to get the title so there's the background of of what happened so that's why i don't really like it to begin with that said out of all the people that would have said yes to it um michael b jordan's a fine choice i think that he had a really good year um, and I think it was smart for him to to say yes to this because he is uh, very um, he's out he's out there in the public a lot. He did a lot for Black Lives Matter. He's actually his team was one of the first to do an inclusion writer, an inclusion writer in his movie, all of his productions, which means if you hire him on that set, there's going to be a diverse cast and crew. And they make sure of it through this rider. And a lot of other actors and actresses followed suit, black or white, uh, followed suit with that. So I think that um, from an intellectual point of view, I think he's sexy. And I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. From a physical standpoint, he's sexy. So all around, I think it was a good choice for them. And it's probably a good choice for him, too. Knowing, though, that they have to accept, it almost seems a little arrogant. Oh, you think I'm the sexiest man alive? Yeah. All right. Come on. I'll take that. I'll take that title. Is that a bad way of thinking about it or is that realistic? I mean, isn't it a little arrogant to say, oh, you think I'm sexy? You know what? You're right. Go ahead. Call me the sexiest. Well, man again, alive. this is why I don't like it is because it is so calculated. It is such a it's between me and my team. So my publicist and when Michael B. Jordan spoke with Jimmy Kimmel last night about this, he even mentioned my publicist and my manager called me about it. Do you feel more pressure now to look good? I think the expectation now is like it's a little unreasonable. Just 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 a little bit. But it's a cool it's a cool title to have. How do you find out? For me, I was in the car. I was driving with one of my boys. Uh, we were going on an errand and a run, and my, uh, my publicist and my, uh, my manager gives me a call. And first thing they ask, I'm, they're on speakerphone, you know, who are you with? I'm like, I'm with uh, Bryce. Okay, Bryce's family, he can know. I said, oh, okay, cool. And then they told me the news, and it was like, me? And I was like, like yeah, you. And then they kind of had this little banter back and forth, but it was a cool moment. So it is so calculated. So for him to accept it and say it, I mean, it, it's fine. But it 
it's the reason why someone like, sorry, Blake Shelton, but someone like Blake Shelton once had the title. You know, in that point in his career, it made sense for him to be everywhere. At this point in Michael B. Jordan's career, it makes sense for him to get it. So him and his team agreed. It wasn't even a, yeah, except, thanks, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, use my photo. No, it's a, this is what you're doing to promote it. You have to go on Jimmy Kimmel. That's a part of the deal. Jimmy Kimmel, they do, the ABC has a deal with people. They do this every year. That's another business transaction. So it's just so like businessy that it's like, eh, every year when it comes by, I'm just like, meh, because I know that I think about all those inner workings to get that title to where it is. And it's not very organic to me. And last but certainly not least for this edition of After Nine, let the debate start heating up again. Parents who need their kids to be in school so they can work versus people who feel the pandemic is outrageous and kids should not be in school. This has started up again because, as we kind of alluded to the other day, now people are wondering, should kids be going back to school on January 4th, just a week after they did their family gatherings over the holidays. Mm. And let's make no mistake about it. It doesn't matter what Justin Trudeau says. It doesn't matter what Teresa Tam says or Doug Ford or Christine Elliott or anyone else. There are people out there and it doesn't matter how bad the pandemic is. They're going to have their family over at Christmas. No matter what the consequence, no matter what the threats are, no matter how much we're advised not to do it, they will. Yeah. And knowing full well that that's going to happen, there are people out there wondering, okay, well, when families come together, particularly if there's travel involved, there's going to be kids that are going to contract COVID. Shouldn't we at least keep them out of school for a couple of weeks so that all those kids don't pick up COVID on December 24th, 25th, 26th, whenever, and then go back to school a week later and spread it around the mm-hmm. schools and in their cohorts? And to the teachers and to the admins and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Because the education minister, Stephen Lecce, is now saying we're not making an announcement yet, but we're seriously looking at all the options. Mm -hmm. All indications are is that the first couple weeks of January and maybe even the month of January may be distance learning for everybody just so they don't have some insane spread of COVID-19 in the schools. But we all know there's a lot of people that need to go back to work and they need their kids to be in school or they can't go to work. So now the debate begins again. What do we do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's not an easy decision to make. I mean, I distinctly remember all the fighting that happened back in August about reopening schools in September. Mm -hmm. Christmas. Kids are uh, back in school. There's been outbreaks for sure. But for the most part, there doesn't seem to be a ton of kids going to school with COVID and spreading it to another member of the cohort. And that was all they were trying to avoid. They knew kids were going to come to school with COVID because they caught it wherever. Mm -hmm. And what they didn't want was kids spreading it to other kids and then them spreading it to other kids and so on and so forth. That hasn't happened. Yeah. So for the most part, schools are safe for the most part. There are some examples of where it's spread beyond. But if they're safe, Do we need to close schools in January, even if it's for a couple of weeks? Or is this just smart planning to to announce now they're going to be closed for the month and you've got to come up with alternate arrangements? What would you do if you were the education minister? Uh, Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't I I wouldn't want to be in that position, but I lean more towards shutter down for a while and and go online. Um, 
And it sucks to say, but I tend to agree with you. I mean, they don't really have a lot of options here. Well, part of me worries about what people will do during the holidays, like you mentioned. I mean, we seem to see a surge in cases following Thanksgiving. We seem to see a surge in cases following Halloween. Christmas is more than a one-day thing. People will see people. Um, so for those that aren't following the guidelines to a T, it might make things worse if kids go back, let's say, January 4th, for example. If they saw 50 people over the break, then who's got COVID, who doesn't? We won't see that until mid, maybe late January. So maybe that buffer is a good thing. That's what I lean towards. I definitely feel for the parents trying to figure out childcare arrangements when they thought everything was going to be covered for a January. And others would argue that they're making it okay for those get-togethers. They'll give them an excuse when they know that, oh, it's going to last till the end of January. Oh, great. Then let's see the whole family. Let's see more people because we know the kids won't be in school. Maybe there's something to that too. I don't think it's an easy decision, but me personally, I lean more towards, I don't trust people even if they're just given a week. So if they're given a week, that could mean a massive surge in cases that could lock everybody down. And then we're really screwed because not only are your kids back at home, you have businesses shuttering and in, in worse off conditions than they are now. And I can't even imagine how much worse it could get. So I don't know. Again, I lean more towards let's all chill and take a break. I know it's not easy for the teachers. It's not a break. I shouldn't call it that because the teachers will have to still no. go online. It's not easy. Mm. They have kids they have to look after. It's like the beginning all over again. Right. So it sucks. It absolutely sucks, and nobody wins. There's also a lot of people that are speculating, "Uh uh-huh, we know that it's not just going to be kids. There's going to be a lot of adults that have their holiday gatherings and catch COVID themselves. And with the amount of community spread that we are inevitably going to see at the end of December, if we don't send kids back to school in January, they might not go back until after March break. That might be an entire quarter of distance learning because the community spread is so bad amongst adults. So uh, I feel for you, parents, if you need your kids in school so that you can go out and earn a living to put that roof over their head and food on the table. I hear you. I just don't really see a scenario where they don't seriously extend that Christmas break. They're going to send them to school right up until the 19th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. They probably won't be going back in January. Yeah, well, Not I, that I see. I anyway. know a lot of um, friends of mine that are teachers are already preparing for exactly what you just said. They're preparing to send kids home with, with pack- care packages, basically, um, and trying to make it as seamless as possible and, and preparing for that now. You should uh, take advantage of those Black Friday sales and pick yourself up a a little Chromebook or something because your kid's probably going to be using it over the, the holidays a lot for school. Um, Oh, and and let's not forget all this great news that we're getting about vaccines isn't helping either. There's a lot of people who are basically saying, oh, fuck it. Vaccines just a couple months away. By Christmas, it'll be really close to imminent. Let's go. We're having a big family Christmas. Oh, no. Everybody's invited. Don't let that be the mentality. They realize that this won't even be here for months and months, right? Even if, let's say, it got approved today. Well, distribution is the biggest problem, but we're not the, the, the place that needs to worry about it here in southern Ontario. It's not hard to move uh, 20,000 vaccines to Toronto and 30,000 out to the London and western Ontario area and, and 15,000 out to the Ottawa area. Not hard at all. But the military is going to have to get involved to, to get those vaccines to remote communities and areas of northern Saskatchewan and and the far reaches of the country that aren't as populated 
that don't have a lot of commercial shipping going there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real challenge. Uh, I don't think Southern Ontario is necessarily going to have to wait that long, but there's going to be places in this country that are going to be waiting on pins and needles for that vaccine to arrive. And on that, we will say thank you very much for listening to After 9 today, everybody. This episode, once again, brought to you by Barks Custom Carpentry. Throw them a follow on Instagram, Barks, B-A-R-K-S, underscore, custom, underscore, carpentry. They make some cool shit. If you're looking for a nice little charcuterie board to give somebody or... uh, I don't know, whatever you want. Some cool shit. I, I saw that they're doing a giveaway, too. So if you hop on that, you should be on t- in time for the giveaway, actually. And if you mention After 9, you save the tax on your first order on Etsy. Have a good one, guys. We'll catch you again soon. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.